Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. You know, I am truthfully glad that you guys joined us today. I know that many of you out there are hurting. Many of you out there may be fearful. We look around us at our world and we see violence and hatred and we, we see homelessness and poverty and we see sickness and pandemics and we see all those things. And for the believer out there, you know, we, we know there is a hope. But even believers sometimes get to a point where they really feel a little bit of despair because of the way things are going. And as I was talking to my friend Steve here, who we're going to we're going to be talking to in just a minute. Uh, you know, Paul was in a Roman jail writing letters, and you know what? I'm always impressed by what he said. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because Paul had such a hard life. He loved Jesus Christ, and he loved getting the word of God out. And lest anybody think, well, yeah, you know, sure, he was a, he was a big shot. Well, that big shot was stoned, was beaten, was in jail everywhere he went. The old joke used to be that, <laughs> that the first thing that Paul did when he went to a new town was go look at the jail because he, uh, he wanted to see where he was going to spend the night. And that often happened. Uh, you know, I, I remember when we were reading about Paul and Silas in jail, you know, and they'd been beaten and they'd been all these things and they wake up in a horrible dungeon. The earthquake comes, the jail cells split open, and does, does Paul or do Paul and Cyrus, Silas try to get out of it? They don't. As a matter of fact, as the, as the jailer was about to kill himself, he said, wait, hold on, we're all here. He was willing to stay in that horrible place because it was the right thing to do at that time. And consequently, the jailer and his whole family came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I was talking to one of the guys not too long ago, and he wanted to know why, you know, things come to Jesus Christ and things don't always get really good really fast. Well, no, as a matter of fact, sometimes you're going to come and you're going to give your life to Jesus Christ and things are going to get worse for you, at least on the physical sense and the here and now sense. But the one thing that we know for sure is in, that Jesus Christ has promised us eternity, paid the price that we couldn't pay. You cannot work your way to heaven. <laughs> you can't be good enough to get in. You can't work hard enough and diligent enough to get into heaven. It is the free gift of God for sinful man. But what you do, you know, there are two pretty big words, uh, monergistic and synergistic. And monergistic means the work of God. And synergistic is a the work of God and man together. Salvation is all monergistic. That's God. It's him that does it. But synergism is when we, in sanctification, work to do the will of our Father. And do we always do it well? N no. Do we always do it right? 
No, probably almost never. Do we feel adequate for the job? And and Stephen and I were talking about that not too long before the show started, that I have always known that for the last 16 years, there's got to be thousands of men more qualified to be the director of the Union Gospel Mission than I am. But God brought me to that mission, and he said that he will equip those he, he sends. Moses stood and listened to God tell him to go tell Pharaoh, set my people free, and he felt inadequate for that job. And here's the good news. He was. He was totally inadequate for it. But what I'm getting around to is no matter what your circumstances look like right now, no matter what you're going through, whether it lasts a day, a week, a year, or whether it's almost a lifetime of struggle that you have, the reality is that you and God make a, an impenetrable wall and an army that can't be defeated. And it's really not you, it's just God. But uh, there's a song that's out on the radio right now, uh, and I believe it's called The Walls of Jericho. And what it says is the walls of Jericho need to come down. But those are the walls in our hearts, right? We need to let go of the past, let go of the fear, place our hands in Jesus Christ and know that he has never broken one promise in his entire life and never will. And that all those those hurts and pains, God said, I'm going to wipe away the tears. And all the scars you carry, there's only going to be one set of scars caused by man in heaven, and that's the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. So my friend Stephen is not just my friend. We work together at the Union Gospel Mission. He is the assistant director. He's been there for 34, 35, I, a lot of years, and I never <laughs> get it right. Yeah, well, you're, you're in the ballpark. It's so 36 total. 30, 36 total. years total. Th- 35 working. Yeah. 35 working. So I was in the ballpark. Yes, but, you were. You know, uh, Stephen, I know that you came from a good family and. You had never had any problems, right? I mean, oh, no, you never, I was, never did drugs, never drank, never, never were did in all trouble. Those I don't know. I don't know what how I wound up on the streets, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I had a good family. I, I can't blame anything that, that how I conducted my life and say, well, just because they did this or they did that, um, it was it was on me being a, a rebellious, a rebellious child, me and too, rebellious person, and. Uh, and when you when you're something of that nature, then things happen to you. It just does because it it, it you know it culminates into having a life that's that's displeasing to God and consequences and to, you know and, and things happen to you. So yeah, and my family were uh, very supportive, and I you know and I didn't have to I never complain about I have nothing to complain about how I grew up and always had a roof over my head and. You know, food to eat and clothes on my back, and you know, and I, you know, and I wasn't just given things. I had chores to do, and I had to make sure that I get them sure. done in order to, you know, to get what allowances I got when I got older. But um, I had my own idea how I wanted to run my life, and uh, it was contrary to my parents, much less God. So, yeah, no, listen, Stephen, uh, your story is not typical because there are no typical stories of how a person winds up on the street. 
I never wound up on the street. I, I, I struggled with jobs for a little while and got into a trade, and it was a successful trade, and I made money. Uh, was never out on the street. But from the time I was in high school, you know, I would go out drinking. I would do all those things. And uh, so I, I may never wound up on the street, but I did a lot of damage along the way. Yeah, You know, uh, drinking too much, not coming home right. And, yeah, like you, my father was a pharmacist who thought that drinking and other women might be preferable to his family. And I really don't say that with any bitterness. He, uh, he and my mother broke up when I was probably four or five. And I came out here from South Carolina. Well, I went first with my grandmother to Canada and then from Canada down to the States here. Well, actually, it was South Carolina to New Jersey to my home state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Much maligned, but still <laughs> and my home so, state. Uh, and, and I, you know, you start to make money and stuff, and you can afford to go out, and you can afford to drink a little bit and do things you ought not do. And my mom, my mom tried the best she could, single mom. She was a film editor right here in Sacramento. Uh, she worked for a couple of the big television stations here. And so she always did the best that she could. And unlike you, you uh, you got drafted and joined the and decided to join the Navy as as a branch, correct? Correct. Yeah. And uh, you might say that some of your problems started there, right? <laughs> uh, I had problems before that. They just didn't. <laughs> they just didn't realize. They didn't come to any consequences yeah at the time i did things and but you know i was able to maintain a job and yeah. and uh carter wallace right Where oh before that actually okay. i was working for 3m company okay for a strip mining place they were running yeah the, the rock crusher yeah, thing right, right? Yeah. so you know i was making pretty good money and i was moving up and i was you know sucking dust so that's probably not a good thing but I, no but i'm in my early 20s i didn't care um but yeah, yeah gonna so, live forever yeah, right right course you think you are but when i got drafted i but so i was on my way but i just was maintaining at the moment right so i would do things but i would recover i would go to work i didn't you know i didn't shirk my responsibilities uh, after a while that stuff catches up with you and that did happen to me afterwards when i got in the navy i still maintain but it it just all culminated to my i my how I was conducting my life, what was I living for? And, and I didn't want to, I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you go into service because you don't want anybody to tell you what to do. Uh, it was a former um, a director that said that he joined the army because he didn't want his parents to tell him what to do. It was like, Duh. yeah, he laughed about it, of course. Yeah. Was but, that Don that said that? No, it was Greg, actually. Greg, actually. But, okay. Um, uh, well, when I got into service, I just, it, it just, it just rolled up into a, a bigger, bigger problem for me. I mean, I did the things I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it, but after hours, I was not the man I was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, yeah. But when I got out, that's when it really started crashing down. You know, I think I couldn't uh, hold a job that I couldn't, you know, because I was too busy trying to get high. But you had the money to get high, but you had to get the work to make money to get high. 
but you're already pass high. You're it's drunk, a deadly so circle. You don't, yeah, so you can't get to work because right. you're, you know, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's the vicious cycle you can get yourself into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, both Steve and I were extremely fortunate and blessed by God to marry up. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, say that again. You know, uh, Tanya, his wife, is uh, she's a very sweet uh, lady and, you know, so, and and Olga was that way too, and I, I thank God for her. She went home to be with the Lord last year, and a year ago. I, I think most of you probably know that if you listen to the show, but the reality was that 47 years I was blessed, and I know you've been married quite a while too. 34 uh, years. 34 years. just celebrated two Sundays ago. And uh, deacon in your church still? Yeah, I think I think they still got me there. Think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I think sure I'm, at the meetings. I'm better. I guess if I wasn't, they would say you can't sit here anymore. Get out, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I assume you know the board meets next Tuesday, so I assume I'm still director. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? It, it's an amazing thing when you're young and you're struggling and you're looking for pleasure on the weekend and. And you're looking to make a lot of money and you're doing all those things. And you never realize that as you get older and you start to realize the value of true happiness and right. true wealth. You know, I have, uh, I've been places where I am the only person in the whole room that has less than five or $10 million. <laughs> and Truthfully, I don't look around and envy anybody. What I look around is, and, and I pray that some of those men will not rely on their money and their power, right. but rely on Jesus Christ. I have often been in a place where I, I think I might very easily be the only believer there, which makes me the richest person in the room. And, you know, that sounds good, and you think that's just a platitude? It's not. I mean it. You know, Steve. Of course. Because yeah. without Christ, I you know I couldn't have gotten through the last year. But I don't even know what the meaning of life would even. I don't even know why you would want to go on if Jesus Christ wasn't guiding your steps. And and even at that, as disobedient as I could be over my Christian walk, He's always been faithful. You know, so yeah, he's always faithful. Yeah, I like uh, there's a song, there's songs that always say, "Yet he hasn't failed me yet. He never failed, and he won't." It, drop the yet. Yeah, yeah he he's, that, that's not what he's about. It's not possible. He's, he's yeah, right. He's he's loyal when we're so unloyal. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, I can't tell you the amount of times that I have cried out to the Lord because. Not because he wasn't doing something, but because I didn't do it. Right. Or I did do it, and I shouldn't have done it. You know what I mean. So you got a couple of children, too, right? Yeah, they're not too much children anymore. They're well, they're your the, children. One is 31. The other one is 28. Yeah, uh, Amanda and Kathleen. A son-in-law and, uh, and a grandson. True, right? true. James. And... Uh, yes. So that's a whole different lifestyle well, than you, know, you would have seen, yeah, huh? It, it took. I am grateful to the Lord that um, 
when I was before I knew him that I didn't have a family already that I wrecked, yeah, tore up. I mean, I mean, yeah. my family I grew up, yes, my mom and dad and those things, and I got to reconcile with all of those. Save for my mom, she passed away before I, I was able to do that. But, um, but I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids. I didn't have yeah. That's that actually I had a to, blessing. Yeah. You know that I you know left in the wake of my you know of addictions, my uh, uh, addictions, and so um, God blessed me with that. That I married I married a lady who loved the Lord, knew the Lord since she was a kid, um, very smart, beautiful, ten, graduated top All ten percent of things. her class, and yet she was Sunday humble. school teacher. And um, God just blessed me to. Uh, she's a, been a great. Um, teaching made of mine for a long time we have taught together we yeah. still teach different classes now but we have taught together for a number of years and uh i mean i just i've just been blessed to, to be able to say that you know the god that has brought me to this place and yeah he's i could never want to ever go back to where what i was no. doing before no. or even have a thought about how no. that would be a great thing to do <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you well, know so yeah. um God is great and God is good and he and he and he shows that every day even though things don't always go right every day um it's still that he still maintains my life and and it gives me peace in whatever I'm going through no i i mean i could echo every single word that you just said uh you've been saved for a minute, you know 36 years but was it always easy even after you were saved? No, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that'd be a fallacy. I'm st maybe there's somebody that it worked right away and everything was mm -hmm. sunshiny, but I kind of don't think so. But um, what, he, what he did do is that he took away my desire to get high anymore. That's now, I had some other things that was going on in my life because it wasn't just that, but he took that away from me. But the moment I, I asked him to come into my life, Maybe two weeks after I kind of told you about, I yeah. kind of struggled because I was still not, I was still out on the streets and I didn't know what to do with my salvation. I didn't know anything to do with that. Yeah. So I, I fought, but a couple of weeks I succumbed. But when I got onto the, got into the mission, got onto the program, and gave my life truly like gave him me to work on me. I didn't want to do that anymore. That was the last thing I wanted to do. Whatever it took. I wasn't going to wreck my life like that again. Now, there's other things that was in my life that has to be All of cleaned us. up because it wasn't just that. You know, it's, it's you know, how you act, uh, how, you know, how your, you your thought process, your, right? Um, I'm a, I was a person, and I hope I'm not to that effect anymore, but like to hold grudges and, you know, and I'll get you back maybe someday kind of thing. And he worked on me on those situations That's and more. That's a huge deal, too. Yeah. And so, you know, it was never, it's not easy. And it's still, you know, you're, what's the song is, uh, he's still working on me and make me mm -hmm. what he wants to, wants me to be. So he's doing that, but I'm grateful for that. Because I know that he's, I'm, a, I'm his child. If I Amen. went through this life and have, you know, no problems whatsoever, and whatever I did wrong, I got no consequences, yeah. uh, I would kind of have to wonder, am I truly his child? God chastens those who those are he sons, loves. right? That's right. And that who, who he loves, yeah. And uh, sometimes we don't get it. 
sometimes we go through a dry spell with God and we we act as if we don't know, but we know that it's God's chastening on us because we're not doing what we should do. And as a matter of fact, um, when you come to Christ, I you know, you and I and Steve and Ann were talking about our prior lives before Christian before Christ entered into mm-hmm. our hearts. And I brought up a song that uh, I assume it's the name of it. But the line in it is, God bless the broken road that brought me here to you, or something to that effect. And through the travails, the, the things you've done wrong, the, you know, the, the, you look back and you go, geez, how could I do that? Well, but God bless the broken road that brought you to him. He took those brokenness, he took those, those straight-up defiant, uh, moments, and he still wove them together to bring you to where you were at. I believe that. And me. And, you know, life, is, uh, life isn't just some big, open, beautiful blue sky. It's a tapestry, and it's wo- woven together with, san- with, with sorrow and pain and, and great joy and happiness right. and and the important part is that what needs to run through that trap, uh, that that whole tapestry, is Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. He has to be in every part of us. That's right. You know, I always explained that man is basically depraved. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you hear about the total depravity of man, and it's like I've always thought of it like a sugar bowl and if you take a handful of pepper and throw it in the sugar bowl and shake it up uh-huh. not every single thing is is you know it's not all pepper but it's all touched by the pepper yeah. and that's how sin is we've got two minutes is there anything that you would like to tell the folks anything that you know if if they're struggling right now what can they do if they're broken and they're struggling and they're not believers in Jesus Christ? Wow. They, for one, they just need to... I'm, I'm hoping that they have friends who are Christians that, that know the truth. Amen. And that they can talk to them and ask them questions and truly want to know and not just to do it just to, you know, for curiosity's sake. And that... Jesus is truly caring about who they are and their lives and, and how he wants to help them to be the people that they would, what he would have them to be. Yeah. And so just to, to seek him out, you, you have to seek him out. And That's right. The reality is that your life may not be, you know, the sky may not open up and everything becomes flowers and green grass, but you will never be alone. And you will never again, and you will never taste the eternal death that comes to all unbelievers. So, you know, we're coming down to the very end of the program, and I appreciate my brother Steve. He's been on the show many times with me. And so, as always, my dearest friends out there, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. 
listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.